0: Okay, so the, the, uh, my idea was the cultural GPS. I like it. So it would be amazing. You might be a redneck, bust a ride at the light. Like, well, you know, would that but, not
1: be gangster? Yeah, but it would. But like in the South, it's like, where are you trying to get to? Yeah. Ah, uh, man, <laughs> you can't get there from here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell what sweet. need to do. Uh, yeah. It'd be sweet. I'd like it.
2: Anyways. That's good stuff. Are we ready to start? Or we're already, He's already rolling. rolling. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Family Goals with Davey Pollack and Pastor Jay. Pastor Jay. Hey, today is super exciting because we have our very first guest ever on the podcast. Ever, ever, ever. Do you want to introduce our guest?
0: Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> I have to. I mean, I thought you were going to do that, but... Well, I, I so we started our podcast, our small little venture. We're, we're, we're getting bigger and bigger, but... And um, my buddy over here listened to the... Or saw something about it, and he was like, wait a minute you got a parenting podcast and i think his quote was like i'm the parenting expert i believe that no, was no i it.
1: didn't say i was the expert i said that is the number one thing i love to talk about which people would think it would be i
0: think he said i'm the number one seed when it comes to parenting yeah, expert no i just love just i love
1: talking about fatherhood
0: but this is obviously you can hear the pipes this is mr jeff foxworthy himself so
2: the
1: one and only jeff Beautiful foxworthy
2: what an honor like the very first guest we've ever had is jeff foxworthy
1: yeah. It can only get better from here, right? So <laughs> well, I, I, so, so I want to know this. I, so what was your heart when you started this?
2: Well, David and I did a Father's Day message. So for the sermon that Sunday for church, I just interviewed David, and we talked about just the, call, the high calling of being a father, what it means to be a father. We got into parenting and marriage, and, and then it seemed to go really well. People enjoyed it, and so David came to me and said, hey, let's write a book together. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to write the book, and you're going to put your name
0: on it. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Yeah, that sounds about like <laughs> that actually David, sounds yeah. perfect.
2: So then we thought, well, let's let's do a podcast, and then we can just get all of our thoughts out and talk about
0: it. And then so, you can go
1: back later and listen to the podcast and put together a hundred percent. That's exactly it. right. He yeah.
0: was like, well, we can write it. I was like, negative. No, you're right. I, I don't write. You're
1: writing it right now. Yeah, but
0: but the. Um, one of the cool things I've done with a lot of my parenting buddies and friends is just as we screw this up and as we go along, we're trying to help each other, right? Like we're trying to, we're trying to, I like what Jennifer said in church this past week. We're trying to, we're figuring, we're trying to be experts as we go along. So we know, and um, I actually started, I, I told a couple of my buddies, I started to write down, I said, write down some family goals, like write down some, I want you to take, like one of my buddies, Lance Thompson, goes to our church. I said, "I want you to take Aiden. I want you to sit him down, and I want you to define, let him define his goals, his dreams, his spiritual goals, his his athletic goals. Like, what are his goals? Write them down so it's his goals, and then we can hold he can hold himself accountable to that. Like you can say, like Nicholas. Nicholas was like, hey, I'm going to shoot 200 shots a day in basketball. And I was like, that seems aggressive. I don't think we have to shoot 200 shots every single day of the of the year. I was like, but." You know, how about four days a week? And then guess what, Jeff? I could go to him and I just went, hey, you know, Nicholas, have you shot this week? And just kind of giving ownership goals for the kids. And so, you know, just yeah. kind of got us we to... We want to
2: inspire people to have godly marriages. We want to inspire people to be the best parents they could possibly be. We want to encourage people spiritually. And so there, there are a lot of reasons to do the podcast. But we're honored to have, we're honored to have you. And uh, I'm going to try to keep David from talking so much so that, so that you can talk. Good luck. <laughs> no, I... Let, let's it, first celebrate the Atlanta Braves. Because we haven't, we haven't yes. done that yet. Chop on, uh, baby. Yes. World Series champion. I mean, you're a big Atlanta fan. I
1: was there in 1969 when they won the division to go, oh, wow. to go play the... I was there with my granddad and my uncle. That's uh, incredible. So you said, yeah. wow,
0: that's incredible. First thing I thought was,
1: wow, you're old. <laughs> 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 I am old. But I, I, I will tell you this, Coach you're in between the two of us there there is something as even as i listen to you guys talk about your heart with this i told my daughter the other day i said i really miss my 30 year old body (laughs) but i do i miss the heck out of it but i would not trade my 60 year old mind and soul for my 30 year old body and it's amen it's you know that's one of the advantages maybe i have is as you get older it's not so much emotion and adrenaline is is you sit there and look at life and you realize man that's not worth chasing or that's not worth fighting about and so there's a wisdom mm. that 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 comes you know and it, it, even these issues here of parenthood and for for people listening you don't, like my dad was married six times. My dad left very young in life, had seven thousand affairs. I mean so mm-hmm. it wasn't like I had an example of a good father. It wasn't like I had an example of a good marriage. But and for people listening, if that's your case, that does not mean that you can't thrive at this. You know, in in, in my case I looked at it and said, I learned so much what not to do instead mm-hmm. of what to do, but The way I felt as a little kid, and it doesn't matter what your parents say when they split up, no matter what they say, as a child, you feel like I wasn't worth sticking around for. I wasn't Mm -hmm. enough. And is that the reason I'm a comedian? I don't know. Um, I don't know the psychology behind that. And so, but for me, I decided as a kid, I'm never leaving. Mm. And and then I get a job that takes me on the road all the time, which makes it a challenge. But from a very early age, it was a priority in my life. My brother, you know, he's got a 30-something-plus marriage. I've been married 36 years. Mm. It's so—I just want to— you know, send some hope out there for people that don't come from this. That doesn't mean you can't succeed Mm -hmm. at this. What about your mom? What role did she play in in your upbringing? Yeah, my parents were so different. My mom sung in the choir. My mom went to church five times a week. You know, doesn't doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't cuss. I mean, straight, straight arrow. My dad drank, smoked, cussed, chased women. Um, My dad was actually a deacon in the church. My dad used Mm. to go uh, minister to guys in prison. And then something happened, and he just fell off the wagon and started chasing women. But for my dad, my dad was five years old, and his dad went out to get a pack of cigarettes. And it's like the story, never came back, Mm. never came back. They didn't know where he was. They found him 20 years later in another state, had another Mm. family. And so so I look at my dad, I don't even have any animosity towards him. I'm like, Dad, it, dude, you got messed up real early in life. What message does that send to you when your dad leaves and doesn't even bother to contact you, just leaves? And so, you know, I I think my dad did the best he could. I think love was a weird thing for him. So why didn't that happen to you though? Because I knew what it felt like. I knew what it felt, and I knew what I wanted from a dad, and, and my dad loved me. My dad loved me the best that he could, but for me, I needed, you know, it's, it's like sometimes we get in these cliche catchphrases like quality time. I spent quality time. There's no such thing as quality time. That's bull. I would have much rather my dad been there every day, any kind of time, then to come into town every three weeks and let's go to Six Flags. I, I mean, I, I just wanted him there. And so, I mean, it sounds hokey. I kind of made God my dad because I needed somebody to be there all the time. I, I mm. needed somebody to appreciate the, the skills and the good qualities I had and somebody to discipline me on the areas of weakness and somebody that just loved me unconditionally. So I made God my daddy, mm. you know,
2: that's fascinating you say that. We have a men's discipleship group on Tuesday nights, and the guys will stand up, and we get a different guy to share their testimony every Tuesday night. And so many of the guys didn't have fathers growing up, and God has become their father. And that intimate relationship with the heavenly father is completely, I don't know if that drew them into a relationship with Christ because they, they were missing that in their lives.
1: I, I will tell you why I reached out to David to do this for 12 years on Tuesday mornings, I get up at five o'clock and go down to the Atlanta mission and do small group Bible study with homeless guys. And, and you sit there, the first guy I ever met down there, 21 year old white kid in the middle of the inner city and living in a homeless shelter. My first thought is get a job, dude. What the mm-hmm. heck are you doing? I sat down with him at the lunch table and I love to know people's stories. And I said, Jason, what's your story? He said, well, it was me, my mom, my dad, and my brother. He said, when I was 11 years old, my mom killed herself. He said, two years later, my brother killed himself. Then it was just me and my dad in my second year of college, my dad killed himself. He said, I just got to the point, I couldn't hurt anymore, so I started getting high, started smoking crack. And I'm sitting there going, I would have started smoking crack too. And so what you find, people go, why does somebody end up homeless? What what happens is, I, I swear to you, 90% of the time, there's some hurt that people cannot deal with, so they start numbing to it, either through alcohol or drugs. They start getting high. Well, when you get high, you can't hold a job. When you can't hold a job, you can't pay your rent. Then you start stealing from your family, and that's how you end up on the street. So what I found very early on, in these small groups was almost every one of these guys had some horrible hurt as a child, and the vast majority of them, it was father-related. It was that they needed something from a father that they didn't get, and it hurt so bad that they had to numb to it. And so that's why when I heard David doing this, I'm like, man, I want to come down and talk about this because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the way it plays out years down the road. And So how do you
0: now... Tell them about your story and tell them about how, who your father is.
1: How do you take that with them? You know what is funny? Like every single year, I, I started off in Luke 15. I, I think the greatest piece of literature mm-hmm. ever written is a couple of paragraphs in Luke, and it's the, the story of the prodigal son. And I don't know why we call it the prodigal son because really— what it's about is the father. Mm -hmm. And, and it's interesting because this was one of the last parables Jesus shared before he died. So it had to be important. He had to knew his time was getting close. But when he talks about having one son that stayed there and did everything right. And one son that did everything wrong. So when the younger son goes to the dad and says, I want my inheritance in the Eastern culture, what that was saying was, I wish you were dead. You're not dying fast enough to to satisfy me. I want my money. And instead of going, you know, to heck with you, the dad gives it to him, and and the kid goes off. And go read the story and blows it all, and you know, on wine, women, and song, and and ends up broke, and ends up feeding pigs, and wishing he could eat what the pigs were eating. And he decides, you know what, I'm uh, I'm going to go home because I know the way my dad treats the hired workers on on the family farm. And I'm just going to beg for a job there. And, and I love the part of the story where it said, and when he was still a long way away, the father saw him. You don't accidentally see somebody a long way away. You're looking for him. You're looking mm-hmm. for him. And so that was that father's heart. That was that father's heart. Man, as he's walking out that front door and standing there on the porch and just scanning the horizon every day, waiting on his boy to come back and when he comes back he does not berate him he didn't he he he's he says hey go get the robe the ring and the sandals the sandals indicate you don't work for me you're family it's the family crest it's the robe he says go kill the f- the fatted calf we're having the fatted calf was the one person not happy to see the sun come back (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and and, and they celebrate because the son that was lost is found you know, he was dead. Now he's now alive. Well, the brother that stayed at home and did everything right. He's, he's mad because he's like, you never killed the fatted cat for me. And the dad says, dude, everything I've got is yours. Everything I've got, but my son that was dead is, is is now alive. And as we listen to the story, you know, the focus is on the son that did everything bad. I think for us, even as Christians, a lot of times we're the son that mm-hmm. stayed. We're the son that just tried to perform and do everything right so dad will love me more. And so this story is about the Father. It's like you can't do enough bad to make me love you any less. Do you, there's nothing you can do to make me love you any less. And you can't do anything good to make me love you any more. And to me, that is the story of God. That's the story of the fatherhood of God. He just loves you. It's, it's who he is. And when that sinks in, man, you just want to... Man, I get choked up just talking about that because that's all I want. I want somebody to love me like that, that when I screw up, you still love me. When I do good, you love me, but you don't love me anymore. You just love me. And, and, and if that message ever sinks in to my guys in the small group, then they've got a chance to break out of addiction, and they've got a chance to get their lives back, and a ton of them do it. Mm.
2: That's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Greatest
1: piece of literature ever
2: written. There was a time I wanted to change the name of our church to the prodigal church because I feel like we're just a bunch of prodigals. And you have both of those people in the church. You have the rebellious people who've come home and then you have the the legalistic Pharisees who kind of are trying to earn their way or they think they're better than other people. And,
0: And, And you know what I think about for right now, and this is Seasons of Life, and you talked about being your age, your age, I mean, Seasons of Life. I also think about... Could I be the dad? Huh. Like, that's what I think I think about if my son did that, if my daughter did that. And we're all, we've all experienced trials with, with our kids mm. and hurt with our kids. And, I, you know, I know mine are 13 and 11, more is coming. Like, we just had a situation with my son with we had a lot of disappointment in him. And I know more disappointment is coming. I told my wife that, like, more disappointment is coming. I want to know if I can be that dad. Like, that's, can I, can I love them unconditionally and not mm. go, oh, wait, 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 but you left. You know I, I i would I would hope so, but that challenges me and my soul to say, you know, how do how are you as a dad? Do you forgive? You know, because obviously, well, are we going to offer the same grace we take every single day from from God? I mean, we take
2: it every day, but well, I think that's that's the goal of this podcast is inspiring people, inspiring the dads to be that kind of dad, and inspiring the moms to be those kind of moms, and and uh, you know, when the when the kids, there's no guarantees with our kids. We've had we've had people in our church. Uh, think of one of my best friends. He had four kids. He has four kids. Raised them all in the same home, raised them all in church. And, and one of them is just the the prodigal child, the rebellion, the on drugs, having a child out of wedlock. And then he's got three that are that are like, you know, yeah. perfect kids, so to speak. Or, and he struggles over, over that one. It's like you can do everything right and your kid could still rebel. I mean, children, children have a mind of their own.
1: They do, and and it's. I've heard it said as a parent, you're only as good as your child that's doing the worst. You know, when you lay down at night, that's that's what he's thinking about as a dad. He's thinking about that one kid. Um, and that is the challenge for it. And, and, and I've even thought philosophically, why did God even allow us to have kids? I mean, he created Adam and Eve. He could have been content with Adam and Eve. That was... This could have been his relational pleasure, but he, en- he enabled us to have kids. And I think he allowed us to have kids. So we got a small glimpse into the way he feels about us. Mm. Because your spouse could do something to where you didn't love them anymore. Now, I don't care how much you love your spouse. They could go off on a bender to the point you go, I'm done. I'm-, I'm done. But your kid can't. It's still your kid, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's a different relationship. It's a different kind yeah. of love.
2: There's so many parallels to our relationship with God, yes, and then our relationship with our kids. Yeah, and I explain to people all the time that like a relationship with God. If you have that relationship, you know Jesus personally, and you're you're a Christian. Your 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 relationship doesn't change. He's always your father. You're always his son. Now your fellowship changes because when we sin. We break that fellowship with God, and we have to confess it. Now, my son, Jolin, who, who's sitting over here, he's always going to be my son. Now, he may we may have a broken relationship, a bro- broken fellowship, but he's always going to be my son no matter no matter what he does.
0: Sure. So. yeah. He's annoying, though. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a brave hat on. He's cool. He did, he did shave. He's, he he, trim- up a
2: he bit, trimmed he? up a little bit. Yeah, he, he, um, it was
0: the no-shave November, yeah. but some people need to shave. You got great. You got a great lip stash, though. You, you I, it's
1: almost years. like it's become like the Dale Earnhardt one there. there. And it's funny when COVID hit. I thought my wife had been, and I had been married thirty-five years. She'd never seen me without a mustache, and I thought this is the first time in my adult life I don't have to be on stage or on camera. So a week into COVID, I went in the bathroom, didn't say anything, cut it off, shaved it, and I walked out. And she looked at me, and she goes, "Oh wow." Grow it back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't have that ability to to grow
0: it back right
1: quick. Well, I think I'm just one of those guys that is supposed to have a mustache. mm. You know, like Tom Selleck's better with a mustache, right? Solid stash. Solid stash. Solid stash.
2: Thank you so much for joining us for part one of our interview with Jeff Foxworthy. I was blown away by his teaching on the Prodigal Son and just being reminded of God's incredible love for us. There's nothing we can do that God's going to love us any any less. And if you feel like you're one of those prodigal sons, one of those prodigal daughters that you've you've walked away from God or you've run from God or, or you're going through a difficult time in your life, I want you to know that God loves you. He cares for you. He's waiting at home for you with open arms. And I just want to encourage you to come home to come home to the Father, and to put your faith and to put your trust in Jesus Christ and to experience His love and His grace and His forgiveness, to be welcomed into His family and to receive the family robe and the ring and the sandals and to be called a a child of God. Uh, Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to hear more from Jeff Foxworthy. We're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. And Jeff shares some incredible wisdom over the next couple of podcasts. I just want to encourage you to join us. If you haven't subscribed to the Family Goals podcast, go ahead and subscribe. That way you can be sure to get all the information, all the content uh, downloaded to your phone. If you'd like to watch the podcast, we're on YouTube, Family Goals with David Pollock and Pastor Joe. You can go over to YouTube and subscribe to the podcast there. I thank you so much for joining us and I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Family Goals with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay.